This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby. And Andy Jacobs. <laughs> and this is the H&J Daily on a day when we'd had a few technical issues, and this now compels it, um, <laughs> which is why I sound like the small man in the box, and Andy sounds relatively normal. Yeah, only relatively Andy. Okay, well, we had a nice chat to start the show. Uh, Kevin Day came along, talked about the Palace Eagle. Uh, Mike Parry was on tremendous form, completely mad as usual about his hair. Uh, Clips of the month, that was very exciting. Striker, we spoke to a guy from Sunderland Till I Die, he's the star of that. He's got an amazing offer from a big club in South America. Uh, And Mike Ward, I thought, was very good fun on TV, tonight's TV. That's it, I think. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Andy. Good afternoon, Paul. I start with some good news, actually. Uh, last oh, yeah. week, I mentioned that Louis Vuitton were mm. doing a, a table football game that costs £61,500, which you know, is ridiculous, isn't it? But fortunately, they do do a cheaper one. Good. Do, so for, so yeah, it's a slightly cheaper one covered with the firm's manager. It's just £50,000. Oh, yeah, it's good you get a budget version, isn't it, really? <laughs> you need a budget version for the masses, <laughs> I think. Anyway, Very Andy, Britain's so, yeah. largest sausage roll. Uh, oh, yes. we, we salute Mohammed Khan from Prestige Hampers. He's in uh, Halifax. Yeah. And uh, it's, yeah, it's amazing. It's 19 it inches long and it weighs £2.8. Yeah. And it's beaten its predecessor by a whole seven inches. It's <laughs> I absolutely it's sensational. I'm putting it in as a record. Well, it's competitive um, sausage roll baking. Uh, it's quite an amazing <laughs> thing. Uh, it costs £16.99. It's down from uh, 35.99 at the moment currently if you want a Father's Day treat. They're calling it a Father's Day treat. Although if, uh, if your dad's put a bit of timber on, maybe ration him because it's got 3,200 <laughs> calories Compared yeah. with 481 in a sausage roll. So um, it's Louis a beast. Vuitton are doing one. Are they really? How much is it? £98.50. <laughs> of course they are. Well, that's quite cheap. It's monogrammed. That's, that's quite cheap for them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The world's largest sausage roll, Andy, was, uh, was in South... I, I, I know you know this anyway. Was in uh, South Africa. Oh, yeah, and that's right. uh, do, do you know how long it was, Andy? The world's longest sausage roll, was South Africa, 20, 2005. I, I, I haven't got it in front of me, but I think 21 inches. 
No, 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 no. No, of course not. The one that we're talking about uh, is, it, you know, it's much bigger than that. This is the world's largest sausage roll. I mean, let your imagination <laughs> okay. run wild. Twenty-one inches, six foot. No, you're not even close, mate. <laughs> Head north, <laughs> seriously north. Twenty-one feet. Three hundred and sixty-four <laughs> feet. Sausage what, roll. Sausage roll. Yeah. Blimey. That's bigger were, than a whole Greg's. They couldn't even sell that. <laughs> they, really. They were queuing round the corner at Greg's for that one. So there we are. The world's, uh, Britain's largest sausage roll. <laughs> Everything you, you wanted to dad. know about sausage rolls. Yeah. Um, now, this is a bit of a Johnny Nash. It's a letter to the uh, Times about garden games. And this bloke, Richard Wellesley, writes in. He says, uh, the eccentric composer and pianist Percy Granger prided himself on his ability to throw a cricket ball over the roof of his house, yeah. run through the house, and catch it before it fell in the back garden. And you think, Dash. that's not possible, is it? That I mean, sounds like a bit of a sort of, uh, yeah, that, that sounds small boring house. stuff. Well, unless it, house, unless it... Both doors open. Unless it wasn't going over <laughs> clean, that's not possible. It's Superman country, isn't it? It's The only way you could do it is if it got bobbled a bit on the roof. Yeah, uh, to find its way I down, I, I don't know, but it's a, what? I, that's, I'm not having that. I'm not having that. <laughs> not having that at all. No, and no, we're going to be speaking all. about uh, Premier League boss Richard Masters, who's getting a lot of good publicity, not from everybody, but a lot of praise from people yeah. for his efforts in a difficult time. And I was thinking, when he got the job, when he won the job, did they give him a green jacket? It would have been great if the Premier League had <laughs> Masters. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Yeah, yeah. One <laughs> of he owns a green jacket. It would yeah, be, he probably he does. It be, Masters quite, green jacket. <laughs> would be quite tempting, yeah. yeah. I think so, why not? And, um, oh yeah, on the subject of names, Councillor Barney Crockett represented the Queen yesterday. Did he must know be right. known in the dressing room as Davey, must they? People must yeah. call him Davey. Do you think the Queen think calls so. him Davey? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If she did, he so, couldn't yeah. say anything. What did he represent <laughs> no, the Queen at? Sort of oh, a more serious, serious matter. No, oh, a serious matter. Okay, it was a yes. proper gig. Yeah, yeah, okay. No, no, it was a funeral, I think, to be honest. Oh, but blimey, I mean, okay. Well, yeah. Keep it light, Andy. Bring blimey, down. I didn't well, ask you to bring it up. <laughs> sorry. Taking the mickey out of his You did ask. Okay. <laughs> well, that's it. That's why I was going to mention it. And uh, uh, what else have we got here? I don't know if we're going to speak to Ian Holloway about this, but apparently uh, during lockdown he's become an expert on picture framing. Well, that, we'll do very that. We'll, we'll have a chat. Ollie, we'll catch really. up with him later in the week. I mean, he's, he's I think he's put a lockdown to uh, to a good to good use. He's done some interesting stuff. So um, we will catch up with Ollie. He'll be in well over the next couple of days, indeed. That's good. Uh, what else have we got? It was interesting. Dave Besant talking about the, the chance he had to play in the World Cup in the third and yeah. fourth place final. Him and Chris Woods, yeah. Chris Woods. Peter Shilton, honestly. That is very Peter Shilton, that story, wasn't he? He, he went to, um, was it Alf Ramsey or was the manager? No, no, no. no of course Robson. not. It was Bobby Robson. Bobby Robson. Yeah. Oh, he, he basically, Bobby this Robson. is the 1990 um, yeah, third Robson. place playoff against Italy. And uh, the idea that Woods and Besson would probably got a bit of game time, it meant everybody would have got a bit of game time. But mm. Schultz had a word with Bobby and said, look, I want to retire. I mean, look, it was, it, it was, it was his, it, you know, the manager didn't have to say yes, but he said, I want to retire. I want to go out now. I'm 125th uh, cap. And, uh, and, and so Bobby said, sorry, boys, you know, Schultz wants to go out. I can understand that. He deserves that after the career he's had. So they never got a game, the two guys. Yeah, uh, I suppose it was difficult ten for minutes. Bobby Robson, really. The point, I think, is Harry Harris's book this is in, isn't it? A new book, Italian 90 Revisited. They've spoken to all the players. And uh, these days, it would have been done very differently. Someone at the FA would have said, look, Pete, you know, we'll have a big day at Wembley mm. and uh, it will be absolutely fantastic and you can come out on the pitch and we'll have a celebration. You just play one more game 
after the World Cup because everything was going crazy at home and the profile of the England team would have been brilliant, would have been a sellout. At, uh, good, but of course, good point. It would have been managed differently, wouldn't it? So uh, there we go. But uh, poor yep, old Chris, very true. big Dave, didn't get a game. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Very troubled to hear that uh, Kayla, the uh, the bald eagle, uh, the Crystal Palace mascot, has inflamed feet. And and so we thought, who better to turn to on this uh, in this matter than <laughs> Palace fan, broadcaster, writer, friend of the show, <laughs> Kevin Day joins us. Good afternoon, Kevin. <laughs> Good afternoon. Uh, I hope you're not going to turn this into a laughing matter, are you? No, I'm not. I'm, no, I'm, no, I'm, no. I'm, I'm worried about. I just wondered. You I, sure? mean, I know there's a bit Don't of a crowd the habit of a lifetime. There's a crowdfunding well, uh, a, a thing in place to to get Kayla's feet looked at. I understand. Well, Kayla's feet have been looked at, and, and you know, bear in mind that the the eagle is a graceful, endangered creature. If this was yeah. a seagull with a headache, there's millions of those rats. No one cares about them. <laughs> this is an eagle, and as as I care about proper journalism, I I phone the club actually oh, well about done. 20 minutes ago so <laughs> Kayla has been to she's been to what the club described to me as the best eagle vet in the country which is in Swindon <laughs> oh. who knew that yeah. so the eagle vet in yeah. Swindon she's had blood tests taken she's a, she's currently under sedation right and apparently hmm. twitching away and and dreaming of rabbits presumably but she's she's fine yeah her feet her feet have been swelling up and she's been having fits she to be fair to Kayla she's not been quite the same eagle since an unfortunate gust of wind caught her against Norwich a couple of seasons back and she ended <laughs> two roads she ended two roads down the stadium and had to walk walk her way back in oh um, no yeah no it's a bit it's it's it, we do generally. I, I never thought I'd find myself saying this, but you know, if if Kayla is listening to this, if, if the radio's on in the background <laughs> in her home, then I really I really send her the best. I'm sending an eagle my very best wishes, to, and because you know she's lovely. We love the way she flies from crossbar to crossbar. Yeah, from, yeah. We're the only you know the show for Wednesday. I haven't got an owl disemboweling a mouse, have they? Before the kick off of, of the no. game. Yeah, we've, That's true. Yeah. You know, Brighton haven't got a seagull stealing rats off a terrified toddler. We've got we've got a graceful <laughs> eagle flying from crossbar to crossbar. Yeah, that'd be quite so, yeah. good. Brighton did have a tame. So. They could have. If Brighton did have a tame seagull that they could just can nick a kid's ice cream. And that I mean, well, the opposing, yeah. you know, away fan nick a kid's or some chips out of one of the opposing fans' hand. That'd be that'd really yeah. get the crowd going, mm. wouldn't it? I don't think they do chips at Brighton. It'd have to be oh, guacamole or something like that. I'm guessing <laughs> well, no, they're, not a, they're, not a, they're not a chip team, are they? Let's face it. But, no, but yes, Kayla, Kayla's Kayla's all right apparently. Oh, that's good to hear. That's, that's did did she, Kayla she fly to Swindon? Did she fly to Swindon? No, or was she it got a bad feet. No, I couldn't have landed. I, I thought we weren't going to make light of this. She, Why she not? Was, she, she did not. No, of course she didn't fly to Swindon. She was taken under supervised right. care. Yeah. I don't know. I'd, I'm guessing she wouldn't have flown to Swindon. How would she have flown to Swindon on her own? She's not yeah, homing. She, yeah, she? She's not a homing. <laughs> homing. <laughs> Andy doesn't know much about eagles, I think, to be honest. <laughs> he's more a lion. He knows a lot about lions. Obviously, that's his mascot, so he's put a lot of them. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, that would explain that huge tattoo on his back, obviously, yeah. wouldn't it? Of yeah, of course. <laughs> that's very much that's so, what yeah. it is. Yeah, yeah. He's in that biker gang still, obviously. <laughs> so, Kevin, um, you've been doing Have I Got News for You, haven't you? We've been checking in. Yes. Uh, have any more shows still to go in the series? We finished the, oh, um, the, you finished the, last the Dominic week. Cummings 
the yeah, the Dominic Cummings special uh, right was the last in the series, which is it's one of those you, you know what it's like because uh, you write yourself for TV shows. So, yeah, there's an element of selfishness involved. You want the show to do well, but also you want your jokes to go out. But mm. with um, with last Friday's show, it's basically a question of winding in his love up and pointing him in the right direction because that show is only ever going to be a 20 minute rant about about you know who going you know where for his eye test. So so yeah, the series is finished. It's coming back in the autumn, and hopefully, please God, we'll be able to be back doing it in the studio because yeah. it, it's been brilliant to work but it's not the same doing it on zoom because you can't you can't goof off with your mates on zoom the way you can when you're in an office you know there's no underpaid interns bringing you free tea and sandwiches every every half an hour i had to try and persuade me i had to try and persuade mrs day to do it, and it that, that was an experiment that didn't last very long so the, yeah, so um, yeah but it's it, I was yes. going to say, Kevin, the, the kind of way that you work, often a bunch of writers in a room kicking ideas around, laughing at each other's gags. When that was over Zoom, did yeah. it make it more difficult or was that, that kind of forum much the same? Bless you, laughing at each other's gags. You don't laugh at each other's gags. <laughs> oh, no, I see. You don't mean you say, you say, oh, yeah, that's very funny. And yeah, that's yeah, basically. Funny. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, you over laugh at your own gag and you kind of raise a quizzical eyebrow at everybody else. It's, it's much harder on Zoom and it's, it's, it's a tiny, tiny inconvenience in, what, in, in the face of what's happening. But yeah, it's, yeah. it is harder on Zoom. I mean, it's, I mean, just basically because of the fact we're all, we're all getting on a bit. So the technology is beyond some of us. But um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's not as much as fun, but it's still, it, yeah. it, I actually enjoyed having old mates in the house in some way, shape or form. I mean, obviously now, suddenly we could have had them around for a barbecue and all sorts of things. But um, at, at the time, it was nice to see friendly faces in the house. And it's, and it's nice to feel like you're doing something creative and the feedback was really good from people i think people enjoyed having something to to watch and and having people kind of venting their spleen in a way that they were doing themselves and i think there was a the tone was difficult sometimes as, as you you probably understand when yeah when people are, are, are dying you, you, you don't really want to make jokes about it but there are things that are happening that you need to sort of bring to people's attention and to try and be as funny as possible and let's face it i know it's a cliche but this is the, you know the 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 sense of humour we have in this country is quite it is quite robust. It does help us get through things like this, so it's, it's good to do it. It's a shame it's over, but it will be back. Yeah, absolutely. Good. Um, I was going to ask you about your podcast and your relationship with Kevin and uh, Kevin Maguire. Uh, Kieran Maguire, sorry. Yeah. yeah. He gets on well with Kevin Maguire. Yeah, you do. You're getting on very well. great, yeah, yeah. People <laughs> seem to think there's, some, there's something going on between you, judging by Twitter. I don't know what's going on there. Well, it's it's a strange thing. Kieran is a, a very he's roughly the same age as me, so we share the same politics, the same uh, taste in music. We both have the same romantic view on football, but he's a teetotaler. He's never done anything in his life. He's never his body is a, a temple, and yet as each week goes by, he reveals some normally sexual misdemeanor that he's been up to you know he, he dropped the bombshell last week that he used to manage a sex shop he he oh. he, he once he ran a nightclub in blackpool he had a he keeps talking about the special cuddles he had with his russian girlfriend who used to wear a barcelona shirt in bed um and and, and, and he, these are just the ones i can tell you about and it's it's, it's i'm getting i'm getting quite annoyed because i'm doing a, a podcast with a teetotal accountant and i'm coming across as a straight dull one <laughs> which uh, I've done. I've done stuff. I've been in. I've been in comedy. All, I've worked up in skips in Edinburgh with people I've never met before. I, I, <laughs> but I feel now that I have to take a back seat, and it's 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 kind of bruising to the ego. But I, I just feel people won't believe my stories now. And he's got 
yeah, you know, he also supports more than one football club, which is, is for me yeah. is the ultimate. It's oh, every no, that's, that's, that's bad. It, well, he should be a Millwall. Fan. He's he's from the Elephant and Castle, so he should be a Millwall fan. But his uncle Terry, as he puts it, was a bit of a naughty boy. Which Kieran's a bit of a naughty boy with women in Barcelona shirts, but I think Uncle Terry was a proper naughty boy, so he wasn't allowed to go to Millwall. So he just seems to support. He gets that. You know, everyone says you support your local team. Hmm. I've explained to him that means you support your local team from when you were a kid and you keep supporting them. You don't support the team that's local to you every time you move. <laughs> well, that, funny enough, we've that. had this chat with, with Sir Tony Robinson. He, he's a bit like that. Where do, like, it, I think Tony, if he moves around the country, he gets behind the lads. I think he doesn't see a problem with that as far as I know. He's probably got well, a first Tony, love. But he then Sir Tony's kind of, wrong. Yeah, well, I, well you, can, you can take it up with him. Kevin. I will take it up with Satoni because Satoni's getting full of himself now. He refers to himself as popular historian now. He's popular. Yeah. Like, don't, no disrespect, Tony. You're Baldrick, as far as we're concerned. And the time <laughs> yeah, team, like, you, know, you can call yourself popular historian. I'll, 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 I've, got, I've taken umbrage now with something I really like. So yeah. Satoni no, will you be... Can, you, we, I, well, yeah. look, we've, we're going to have to move on. We'll leave you to phone Satoni and, and get Kayla back from Swindon once she's come round. And, uh, she's back from Swindon. She's at home. She's, oh, she's at home convalescing. Safely. That's she's right. She's convalescing it. at Eagle Towers. Yes, fantastic. I don't think she's. In, she lives. Does she live with Steve Parish? I mean, it, 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 do you live with a Par- Parish? Uh, I mean, uh, if you're going to make a beak reference here, I, I'm no, I'm be not. Very cross. I, I, I didn't <laughs> they, even they have cross the same my pro- mind. They do have the same profile. I, I admit they have the same profile, but no. <laughs> uh, she, oh, well. I think Kayla. I think Kayla lives with Pete the Eagle. Pete and Alice the Eagle, I believe oh, Kayla lives with. So I think she's a surrogate child for Pete and Alice the Eagle, which is a, oh. a weird image, isn't it? It's a lovely. It's a, we'll leave it with that. Um, lovely to talk to you, Kevin. Uh, Price of football you, podcast mates. now more important than ever. It's a, it's a great listen. It's a lot of fun. So we recommend people listen. We'll catch up with you soon. All the best. All the best. Take care, boys. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talk Sport. Mike Parry is with us. Good afternoon, Mike. Oh, good. Yeah. Hi, guys. Oh yes, sorry. To... I've been uh, I've been trying to um, baffle my way through my technology. You know what it's like when it's you're right. uh, self isolating. But I got there in the end, fella. I got there we're, in the end. We're having phone well issues done. back at base, which means we're asking everybody yep. to go onto Skype, and we, we realise that it's catching everybody out. So we're, apologies to you, but thank you for coming on. Nope. Uh, no apologies and you, at all. You sent out some lovely pictures of you last night, looking like you're auditioning <laughs> for uh, the professor in yeah, Back to I, the Future. Well, uh, but yeah. your hair has got quite long. Well, it's not just it's got long, it's got thicker across oh. the top of my bonds. Uh, mm. And I'm very, very pleased. I mean, mm. I do a bit of television these days, guys. And yeah. the girls in the makeup room, you know, when you're doing it live in the studios and all that, they have to spend quite a long time adjusting my hair to make it look normal. <laughs> because my hair's not normal. And that's, no, that's, that's because I'm losing my hair more on one side of my head than the other, you see. So they sweep mm. it over and they put all these gels and creams on it. Wonderful people. But I've noticed... Since I haven't been able to go and get it coiffured, because I get it coiffured about once a month yeah. or once a fortnight if I'm doing telly or something, that it's growing enormously um, in, in, a, in a sort of thicker and lusher fashion in the yeah. areas where it wasn't before. And I put this down, fellas. We've had the conversation yeah. about my belief in the powers of the moon. And yeah. I can only put it down to the fact that I spent three nights out in my garden, about four hours a night, studying the moon and communicating mentally with the moon and oh. it was pink moon and two full moons and i believe in the powers of the moon uh, and the powers that the moon has on the human body because the moon is responsible for the movement of all water on planet earth mm. and as 75 percent of the human body is made up of water 
it, of course, has an effect on your own body. And it has definitely had an effect of drawing resources from my body up to my scalp, up to yeah. my bonds. Yeah. And and the result is what you've seen in those pictures. They're pretty impressive pictures. I had a fantastic response uh, a whole new legion of female fans have suddenly um, appeared and are wanting to get to know me, you know, and all this kind yeah. of stuff. So well, it's, it's a bit of a renaissance, I have to say. Well, brilliant. So we'll look out for that next time we see you. You'll have like a big like Michael Bolton in his pomp, won't you? Have a great big mane. Yeah. It'll be fantastic, yeah. yeah. Um, Everton, you, you, you were talking about your club and you made quite a bold yeah. boast on social media yes. and got a lot of clog for it, didn't you? You were suggesting that well, they could be challenging yeah. for the Premier League title in, in two years. I mean, that's not that outrageous, is it? Well, it's not outrageous because as you're a Spurs fan, um, uh, Paul, yeah. um, all, all I meant was that I wanted Everton to get to a level of confidence where they felt they could start challenging. Now, I didn't say... Everton are going to win the Premier League in two years' time. That's ludicrous, OK? What I said was, I'd like to think Everton are in a position in two years' time with Mr Ancelotti there and with the new investment we've got and everybody's very confident about the new ground, that we could be in a position to challenge. And what I meant was to give the fans the vibrancy that you must have felt in the first three or four years that Mr Pochettino was there and the yeah. fact that you could be challengers. I never said we were going to win it. I said I wanted to be a challenger. I got uh, half a million people who um, who responded in one way or another and I would say 499,999 of them said I was bonkers and wow. off my rocker. But I said, look, just read what I said. I said the challenge, uh, you know, the, the, the right to start competing for that title mm. and, 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 and qualified that by saying... I would love to think we could win it within five years. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's. Oh, I, think, I mean, I think Everton are uh, yeah. one of those clubs, along with Newcastle, that definitely, if, if Newcastle get this deal done, yeah. can challenge. But the trouble is, Mike, that all these clubs, they can't. There can only be one winner, and there's so many clubs now that have got money, got players, got you know. Yeah. That's what makes the Premier League so exciting, of course. Just looking yeah, yeah. at your uh, Twitter, I was just checking you yeah. out, your hair and everything. I see there's a bloke on here called. He's Mike Parry, but he's. Pastor Mike Perry, I'd love to see. I'd love to see his timeline from your fans. Yeah, I bet um, get to... I'd love to see you as, a, as a preaching. I imagine it would be quite, well, quite something, wouldn't it? Really. Well, one of the one of the characters we had actually when um, we used to go on the road and do live shows and all that was Padre Parry. Okay. All oh, right. Okay. And Padre Parry was in fact a man who delivered. Um, you know, uh, messages to the flock hmm. and um, told them how to lead their lives and how to do all that sort of thing, dressed as an archbishop and, yeah. um, you know, off, offered all sorts of advice. So this guy's trying to now impersonate me or something like that, I don't know. When you first said a pasta parry, I thought he meant this guy was Italian, eats a lot of pasta and is the size of the house, you know, like Mario Van... What's the name of that game? Mario Lanza was a great Italian actor, wasn't he? He was, yeah, Who yeah. Yeah, singer. It, a singer, yeah. that's right, yeah. Mm. He ate so much pasta because his mother um, went round and fed him four times a day. He had so much wow. pasta when he died, they couldn't fit the lid on his coffin and his wow. leg was sticking out when, uh, when his, uh, his funeral was <laughs> Is that right? Is that... <laughs> any, members of, any members of the Lanza family listening, we just uh, we do apologise if we can't stand that up or we couldn't stand up too heavy. The, um, the, uh, you got attacked by a centipede finally, Mike. That sounds quite harrowing. I mean, because they are quite vicious and quite big aren't they? 
it, not. It, no, they're not. This was tiny. This was tiny. This, this, this is this is what got me. I was in the kitchen, right, and through the shutters, the wind was blowing. It was uh, yeah. sort of cooling breeze and all that. Then mm. I felt this tickling sensation on the back of my leg. I nice. just thought it was a leaf or something, you know. Uh, anyway, I looked down, and there was this minuscule little centipede running all over my calf. And I hate creepy crawlies, so oh. I. I had to bash it with something. I had a pan in my hand. So I smashed it onto my um, my calf and, nice. and killed it. But I was very worried that it you know, might have some poisonous content. So I went off to try and find some, uh, you know, something to put on it, germline or something. I couldn't find anything. Couldn't even find any dettol. All I could find was a bleach spray. So I sprayed the back of my leg with this bleach. But that's <laughs> that not sounds like massive well. overkill for a centipede, <laughs> Mike, really. Well, it? yeah, but you never know what these centipedes are carrying. For all I know, you know, it could have been carrying anything. So so I didn't yeah. want to uh, take the risk. But it, it, it hasn't ended well because uh, now it's all blistered well, and all like well, that. I didn't it certainly hasn't ended well for the centipede, by the way. Massive tea flower across the back of it. I'm surprised, though, as you're out in your garden so much, you haven't noticed that there has been a kind of centipede caterpillar. Um, there's been loads of them about. I mean, they've sort of died off, but about yeah. three or four weeks ago, I'm walking my really? dog in the woods. There's yeah. hundreds of them about hanging from the t- trees. I'd come back from a dog walk covered in the mic. It would have freaked you out. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Oh, no, I haven't had that problem. The thing I am missing this year are snails. I, I don't know where they've gone. I've usually right. got an army of snails in my garden. I take care of them, look after them, all that kind of stuff. The bumblebees I'm on alert for, they're, you know, they're, they're busy. They're, they fall because they get too heavy. I have to give them sugar and water, get them back up in the air again. So I'm still on that one. And just before I go, fellas, oh, I just want to say... <laughs> I just wanted to say, listening to one of the um, uh, TalkSport apps this week, Ian Rush, you know, the great striker series and all that, could have gone to Everton at 17, could have gone. But we had a a guy called Gordon Lee, who was a manager for a few years in the sort of late 70s. Uh, and he was from the black country, you know, he was a real black country boy from Dudley. Um, and, um, yeah, and, and he went over to watch uh, Ian Rush at Chester, my hometown, right, my hometown. Yeah. At 17, Ian Rush made his debut. Gordon Lee didn't rate him, turned him away. Three months oh, later, dear. Bob Paisley, yeah, Bob Paisley turned up, right, signed him. And the famous story is that Russia didn't want to leave because he was well settled at Chester and he, you know, he'd met his girlfriend and he was getting settled down and he didn't want to go to a big club. So he said to Bob Paisley, well, it's a great offer, Mr. Paisley, and I'd love to come to Anfield, but I'd need at least £100 a week. And Bob Paisley pushed the contract over the table to him. It's £500 a week. Um, and that was just starters. That wasn't with bonuses or anything else. Wow, fantastic. Mike, look after yeah. yourself. And, uh, Thanks, guys. And we'll, we'll catch up with Thanks, you soon. Mike. Thanks very much. See you next week. Okay, Mike guys. Parry there in lockdown, taking a frying pan to a, um, a <laughs> caterpillar or centipede, but very nice with bees. He basically gives them the kiss of life. It's a strange world he lives in, isn't it? <laughs> the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. 
Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. Hawksby and Jacobs with you through until four, and it's time for the Clips of the Month for May. We've got eight for you now, and uh, when you've heard them all, give us about ten minutes, and then there'll be an elaborate series of semi-finals and a final, and uh, you can vote for your favourite, and we'll bring you the winner just before uh, Goffey and Adrian take over at four with Drive. And uh, our first clip then is uh, Georgie Bingham and Tony Cascarino on weekend breakfast during their Time Tunnel music quiz. It was Pat Benatar. Pat Benatar? Yeah. You better run, which is not one of his better known ones. Is EastEnders? Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Yeah. Pat Benatar, a woman, uh, was in EastEnders, uh, but known as Pat Butcher. Clearly, they were all in it. Uh, the two Frank, girls from Hart, they had a stall on the market, didn't they? They, they, they all had sticks. They used to run the nightclub. It was, it was that kind of uh, American soft rock era, really, on the square. But uh, Pat's delighted to be called a man. Next, then. This is Lester's Iosie Perez explaining how lockdown has brought back memories. Um, uh, it brings me so many memories when I was very young, where, where I used to spend so many hours at home playing playing uh, with myself. Not that there's anything wrong with that, of course. Um, <laughs> uh, there we are, this is Ozzy Perez. Uh, this is Alan Brazil and Steve Harmison on Breakfast talking about Newcastle. Newcastle, what mm. is the latest? What are they saying locally? Well, they're saying locally, I think... I think Twitter's saying locally, um, uh, sorry, social media's saying locally when it, uh, from the local journalist. <laughs> did feel a bit League of Gentlemen, didn't it? <laughs> did We're not playing that bit. Like I we don't think we time. are. No, no. Okay. This is Georgie Bingham now talk, uh, taking us, no, talking us through her daily lockdown routine on weekend breakfast. I went out walking around the block and um, it was on a day when I, normally I go out for like one really big walk and the rest is kind of, you know, just to pee outside the front door. Yeah, country people, country ways, as we said at the time. Uh, I think she meant peer out the front door, didn't she? I think she didn't did, quite yes. finish. I hope she did anyway. No, I don't know. If you're our next door neighbour, let us know. Uh, this is a newsreader, James Lewin now, who appeared to be auditioning for the return of the Fast Show. MP Damien Collins and Sunderland co-owner Charlie Methven, sorry, I should say, I... Oh, James. I prefer that one. It's Ray Parler on breakfast with a question for their mystery guest as he cleverly attempts to reveal their identity. Ray, you go first. Captain, captain of his side in London. Um, 
Did you did you play? Did you what? Was it what? What was you a footballer? <laughs> you keep thinking something's gone wrong with the line, but yeah, I know it stumped it's him, dr- didn't it? It, it, it did. stumped him. Um, this is um, Faker Others on the Saturday quiz. Right. Okay, Sam, you are our last Hello, caller. This is Sam, the Liverpool fan, whose brother Dan is a Man U fan. <laughs> it's very good, isn't it? It's a lovely Beautiful, poem. I, I don't lovely. think it was intentional. And finally, it's Alan Brazil and Ali McCoist saluting a very famous comedian. Swam the, the, the land Thames. Thames. And yeah. by the way, that is not easy either. So, uh, well done, David. I, mean, I, I can never get it right. Is it David Williams or David Williams? Williams. Oh, no. David um, Williams. David Williams, yeah, yeah, that came off the back of Ali saying he'd been learning French in lockdown, so he's gone full David. Uh, sorry, Alan said he's been learning French, didn't he, apparently? Mm. Been learning the history of French wine, I think, from some of the videos we've seen. But there we are, which one did you like? Was it uh, Pat Benatar in EastEnders? Was it Iosie Perry's own playing with himself? Was it uh, Steve uh, Harmison uh, going uh, League of Gentlemen? Was it uh, Georgie Pean in the Garden? Was it James Lua and the Far Show? Uh, was it Ray Parler and his Norman Collier impression? Uh, was it Fake Rather's poetry? Or was it uh, David Williams with uh, Ali and Alan? So we're going to give us five or so minutes. They'll be up there shortly. And you can vote for your favourite in the uh, semi-finals. Uh, and then we'll have a grand final. And we'll bring you the overall clip of the month for May just before four o'clock. And we'll get it all tied up this afternoon. That's at TSHNJ. That's TSH. A-N-D-J on Twitter. So, um, we bring you Striker, and we can't say too much at the moment, but um, there's, been, there's, there's been conversations around uh, Striker. Um, all potentially good news, I think. Um, and we'll tell you Exciting. more. We'll tell you more as, as it emerges. Um, but uh, st- if you've not been listening, Striker is... Sounds like they were making a film of it. <laughs> yeah, it's we, yeah, it's yeah, really huge. We're making a film <laughs> of it, that's it. Um, sold the rights to Hollywood, that, Steve doesn't even great. Know. I think we'd have to bring all the books together to make the film. <laughs> but um, Steve Bruce wrote three books in the late 90s, Striker, Sweeper and Defender. And this is Striker. And uh, I think we're up to, what, part 49. We're bring, bringing you a little section. It's being brought to life by the brilliant uh, Ian Danter. And his fine Steve Bruce impersonation, impersonation, really giving it a lift, of course. And we rejoin uh, Striker from where we left off yesterday. Lettersford Town Manager Steve Barnes has been kidnapped by a couple of masked and armed individuals who've taken him to the moorland in the middle of nowhere. Moorland generally is. I took a deep draught of oxygen into my lungs. Then I was filled with deep resentment at the unfairness of life. I, who had hurt no one, who was innocent of murder, was about to be executed. I did not for a moment believe these killers had brought me all this way just to shoot me through the kneecaps, as happens on the streets of Belfast, Newry and Londonderry. For a moment, I wanted to shout my resentment for all the world to hear. But who was there to hear, except groups of sheep and two men with ice in their hearts? We reached a stream. The water had cut deep into the earth, soft peat. Moss grew on the sides, green and slippery. This was not the best place to cross. I could have moved onwards, seeking a better place to get across the stream. I chose this very place. My mind was as clear as crystal, focused, sharp, 
In order to keep my balance, I put my arms out to the sides. I heard a click behind me. I guessed that the tall guy had released the safety catch of the gun. Now was the time I was going to feel the excruciating pain of a bullet in my back. My spine would be shattered. Death would be almost instantaneous. If I were to escape, and it did not seem possible, it had to be now. I picked my steps with care, keeping my balance. Because I was wearing trainers, my socks and feet were wet through, but the trainers gave me a better grip than polished shoes. The tall guy was wearing narrow, polished shoes, not the best footwear for the conditions. He slipped on the mossy stones. Behind him, the fat guy was in greater difficulty. He actually fell down and cursed as he did so. The tall man turned. The pistol was no longer pointing at my back. They're quite amateurish hitmen, aren't they? They've both turned <laughs> up in winkle pickers with uh, shiny soles, and they've got out of some boggy moorland. <laughs> polished shoes, surely leather shoes. Why the, why, yeah. why the emphasis on polished? They, also, they had them done just before the, the, the hit. If death is instantaneous, it's not going to feel any excruciating pain, is he, Steve? <laughs> no. He went very just... Shirley. Ba- he went very Shirley Bassey at the start. Of the day. He went, Did he? I, I who had hurt no one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and reworking of an old classic. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Sunderland Till I Die, fantastic second series, as as was the first. And, uh, it, you know, we, we saw a lot of, uh, of the board and the players. And uh, don't forget, there is a kind of, uh, there's a supporting cast, of course, in, uh, in that uh, excellent series. And uh, one of them joins us now because he's got kind of global notoriety. <laughs> That he wasn't expecting. Hmm. Um, uh, Peter Fair, of course, is a, is a massive Sunderland fan and a regular on the show. Uh, the taxi driver, of course, that, that we often see in the series. Good afternoon, Peter. Good afternoon. He's both all right. Yeah, we're yeah. not so bad. We're not so bad. I mean, before we go on to what's been going on in in Argentina, I'm just saying I've, I've got, I know people who are cab drivers, and these, this has been a tough time. So I imagine it's been much like that for you, hasn't it? It hasn't been very good. <laughs> no. 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 Well, it tears us down a lot. And you just, you just go on out, whatever you get, you get. Yeah. You know, so you, you just take your chance, pay your money and take your chance, basically. Is it picking up a bit? No, not really. I wouldn't say so, no. Definitely yeah. not. You know, it's right. just, well, you've just got to keep smiling and just get on with it. It's no good more than about it because it's not going to make any better of it. No, you no. You know, that's, it's as simple as that. That's very true. That's true. What, it's it must be odd for because like I, I've heard you talk before about suddenly being recognised by people in unlikely places. I mean the, the show is because it's on Netflix. It's shown all over the world, so it must be it must be strange for you now and again. Oh, it doesn't. Well, it happens. It happens nearly every, well, at least it happens every day. It doesn't matter where I go or where I've been or where I haven't. People <laughs> recognise us all over the country. To be honest, the strangest yeah. one was getting recognised by the Metropolitan Police. <laughs> Really? In a good way, what I take it. it. What, well, what, I didn't when know was at the that? time. It was the Wembley playoff. When we played, um, no, it, was, it wasn't the playoff. It was the Trade Trophy final. Yeah. And we played Portsmouth. Portsmouth, yeah. And I was meeting right. my son after the game. And what happened, they wouldn't let us all go into Wembley Tube Station, so they put us in a massive queue. Hmm. But my son was already in the London. He was going home on the night. So I wanted to see him before he went. Yeah. And I must admit, I wasn't in the best of moods. And I was shouting and moaning about, oh, well, let's get through here. And anyway, I got through the final part of the queue. And this policeman ran after us and got us by the collar. Yeah. And then he died. 
he spun his roll, he went, you are the taxi driver of Sunderland till I die, aren't you? Wow. Yes. And he says to his mates, and he says to his other policeman, he says, I told you it was him. And he was a cockney, he was a cockney, he wasn't like a policeman from up here. Wow. See, that's, 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 that's the price of fame, isn't it? I mean, do you, do you well, get a lot of self- you're doing a lot of selfies with people along the way, so I suppose yes, you do, I, don't you? Loads of selfies, yes, I. Yeah, <laughs> crazy man. Good a fellow from Andorra come, yeah, come up and met us. <laughs> Andorra, yeah. <laughs> well, blimey, that's a, well, that Netflix Kuwait. in Andorra. We we know Q, the guys. We, yeah, Kuwait, Kuwait India, <laughs> Qatar, Global profile. We know the we know the boys who made made the documentary. Um, yeah. So how did how did you get involved? How did they approach you? Well, I was just. I was in a pub. It was the night when Simon Grayson got the sack in the, in the first series. And they just come in the pub, this camera crew. They didn't know who I was, what I was, or nothing about us. And they just come up to me. I must have one of them faces. Yeah. And they just said, would you like to say a few words about Sunderland? I says, how long have you got? So <laughs> I just said what I wanted to say. That's the one when I'm in the pub where I say it's a massive club and all that. Mm-hmm. And I just they took my name and telephone number. The following day, they rang us back up and plays the way I come across. And it just snowballed from there. It was wow. every every week, two or three times a week. I was. They didn't know I was a taxi driver. Right. I just went out in the taxi in my house when I was at the match on the drink, wherever they wanted to film us. And I just, they were really good, nice people. Otherwise, I wouldn't yeah. have done it. They're Sunderland you know? fans, of course. I think no, that, that makes it, yeah. and it's uh, made with love. I think you can tell that about the yeah. documentary. But the, people, really. the, the production team fell in love with Sunderland as well. Yeah, it's a good. strange place. Once you get here, something about the place, everybody loves it. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. It's amazing. The, um, yeah, I, I agree with that. Actually. I loved Sunderland when I went there and spent a couple of days there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We uh, game. now yeah. you've become uh, not just you're talking about Andorra and stuff and and the Met. But also Argentina. This is fantastic. The guys at River Plate have sent you uh, a, a load of stuff, haven't they? Sent you a load of merchandise. I saw a picture of you in the Echo with yeah. all the all the gear on, and luckily it's red. And uh, yeah. but now they, they want they want you to go over, Peter. Is that right? That's correct. Yes, sir. I've, I've been invited to go across. Fantastic. I've had a video conversation with the ex vice president. It was called Matthias Patinainon. Right. I've had a one with the actual president who's called Rodolfo Donfrio. Right. But it all come about by a man called Sebastian Mascarado. Mm-hmm. He contacted me soon, because I'm not on Facebook or Twitter. Yeah. Well, he's got the same name as me. It was about beginning of April. Mm-hmm. He says, my son says, there's a block on from my river plate once the time. He says, oh, wait, man. Come <laughs> river plate. <laughs> anyway, and he, it's sure enough, he... He texted us or WhatsApp us on that morning, and every day since, and I'm not exaggerating, we have a conversation about football, Sunderland. Wow! Also, he's fell in love with Sunderland. He's fell in love with me. He's fell in love with the, the football club. And you want to hear these videos of the, the two uh, presidents? It's absolutely. It's I'm proud of when it, what, what they say about us. Yeah, it's you fantastic. Know? And the stuff yeah. they've sent us is it's quality gear. It's not cheap and that. But no, I've just no. kept one thing. I've got two sons, and they've basically they've. I've just split it up between them. Yeah. You know? No, it looks like I can see. It. There's, a, there's a, a bit of a connection, isn't it's, there, between Argentina, like Julia, Julio Arca, and players like that. Yeah, they've been oh, Argentines. Quite a few. Played for quite Sunderland. A few yeah. Argentinians, yeah. Yeah. Well, they've done an interview 
I've done an interview on Argentinian Fox News. Right. <laughs> yeah. And a, and a couple of newspapers, one called, let's see, I've wrote this all down, you know, because I'm trying to be prepared. La Nación or Clarence? Clarence, that's one of them. Yeah, yeah, a okay. sports paper that's, called yeah, it's a main newspaper. Yeah. Yeah, so wow. Yeah. And they just, uh, and I'll come on there and I've talked on Argentinian television, and they'll be able to understand the word I say. Yeah. So, you're, <laughs> so you're, the That's plan brilliant. is then, when, when hopefully things are relatively back to normal, you'll get yourself out there and go and see a, a River Plate game, yeah? Well, definitely am. There's, no, I'm not, there's nobody stopping us. Yeah. Right. I'm definitely going. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, you, when, you, when you get there, your, your money will go a long way. It's, it's a bit expensive to get there, but it's, it's not expensive when you're out there. And uh, going to football there is a real experience. It's, you, you'll, you will love it. The crowds are great. And, uh, I think I what recommend... fell in love... Sorry? I think what no, no, fell in love with is, is the, the, how fanatical the supporters are, which we are. Mm. And, how, and how much they like the working-class side of Sunderland. Because yeah. that's all we are. Most of us are just working-class people. I'm one myself. Hmm. You know, my dad worked in the shipyards. My father-in-law, he worked in the shipyards. My granddad was a pitman. You know, you're not getting no more working-class than that. Yeah. And I don't want to disillusion you. I don't want to disillusion you, but River Plate are the rich club of Buenos Aires. Oh, no, They're known as the Millenaris, and I it's Boca yeah, who are the working-class club. <laughs> I know. I understand that. But yeah. anyway... Well, that's for some reason. They've just—it's been—it's absolutely mental. You couldn't yeah. make it up. We, I, we think, I was thinking, Peter, is just you could take uh, you could take the Stotty out there. You could maybe <laughs> launch it. <laughs> and his yeah, mate, yeah. and his mate has got a baker's in Buenos Aires. So yeah. if you could get him making Stotty, it might take off. Well, you're laughing and joking, but I'm going to tell you something here. This, you know, this is true. Yeah. There's a famous cake in in Sunland called Pink Iceland. You can only buy it in Sunderland, right? Yeah. It's like a shortbread with pink icing on the top with jam in the middle. Oh, I've never heard of that. Yeah. And this Sebastian, who's the lad who speaks to us every day, yeah. his girlfriend, a partner, Jessica, she's been making some pink icing. She got the recipe. <laughs> God, they're getting into it, aren't they? They're getting... He's fantastic. Proper, proper Sunderland fans. It's... They're going to be watching reruns of the 73 FA Cup soon, aren't they? Oh, he knows all about that. He knows every boat. Everything. I'll tell you one thing, though, Paul. I've just looked up pink because I'm fascinated by anything to do with food. So I looked up pink, Googled pink icing cake. Yeah. What came up yeah. was a thing called the Tottenham cake. Tottenham cake, yeah. We've you got know about oh, this. That's a lot of rubbish. It's from Sunderland, man. <laughs> Is it from Don't Tottenham? Is it from Sunderland, no, Pete? It's from Sunderland, I'm telling uh, you. Yeah, I've never heard of the Tottenham cake. Oh, that's yeah. amazing. It was, we we say the old Tottenham cake was made by one of our local bakers. Funny, I was talking to my wife oh. about it the other day. I got no idea why. We were thinking, oh, yes, mate, it's a, a local bloke. So maybe he moved up oh. to Sunderland. I've got no Could idea. Could have done. He might be a Sunderland bloke that went down there. It could have been. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, so you're looking at it different Because there's way. a lot less Sunderland people left in North East who live down London. Yeah, that's, you know, there's probably a logic in that. <laughs> just a final one. Um, <laughs> the playoffs. I mean, the, unfortunately, you just missed out on those playoff positions, didn't you? Don't tell us. Do you know, well, do you know, this is, this is Sunderland's luck, right? We're hmm. playing Gillingham, the last game of this season up to now. Winning 2-1, five seconds to go. Two's each. Thank you very much. That knocked us out the playoff position. Oh, it just sums, it just sums up. <laughs> oh, that's so annoying. It's unbelievable, man. And then he's got this points per game thing out. It's just, I'd, I'd like to see who this fella is. Yeah. It's points <laughs> per game, block. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, know. <laughs> I think, actually, he's I looked at it. I, if they'd, 
some I think I just saw earlier on that they put all the remaining games into a kind of supercomputer and played them, and Sunderland still finished seventh. So oh, that's actually, what I don't uh, believe computers, man. You go wrong, computers. <laughs> oh dear. Well, Peter, look, lovely to talk to you. Um, we'll it's maybe we'll catch up. When you get yourself yeah, out to uh, Buenos Aires, we'll have to have a bit of a debrief with you after it's happened. Yeah, so, uh, like, yeah. yeah that's, it's all true. There's nothing. I'm just no, ordinary bloke. Lovely stuff. Adapted. Uh, right. Look after yourself. Hope business picks up. And well, uh, thanks, we'll thanks for joining us. Well, thanks, thanks for inviting us on anyway. Hope you're both care. all right. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. What's worth watching on the uh, box tonight? So let's find out then, as always, from uh, the Stars' very own Mike Ward. Good afternoon, Mike. Good afternoon, guys. So, uh, Andy wants to start mm. off by knowing whether you're a fan of the Smithsonian <laughs> Channel. I don't um, even know where it is. I don't even what what it is or where it is. Well, I don't know where the institute I, is, I think, but where, where the actual, I, I mean, the, the channel, I imagine it's quite highbrow. It probably doesn't show a, a lot of soaps and, uh, and quiz shows, does well, it? has got yeah, Clive no. Anderson on tonight, so. You well, know, he's, well, you know, he's, exactly. a, he's, well, exactly, he's a barrister, for goodness he's, he's sake, isn't he? He's not, yeah, yeah I, I, I prefer channels without that many syllables in the title. So, uh, <laughs> and honestly, no, I don't think I've ever, I wouldn't even know uh, where it is on my electronic program guide. Okay, I'm well, I'll tell you what, some of, the, some of the things they're showing at the moment on okay. the Smithsonian Channel, there's a programme about uh, the woman who uh, runs the world's oldest lighthouse. Okay. There's a, mm, uh, an astronomer taking a photograph of a black hole for the first time. Not that um, that's, That must that, be good. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. Yeah, yeah. Great telly. Uh, there's, uh, there's <laughs> teaching you how to do um, 18th century dance steps. For, for one for the moose on TikTok, <laughs> and uh, also this evening, uh, what else have we got? Other shows. I love an eight. Oh, I, said, I love a space show. I'm a bit of a sucker for a space show. Yeah. There's a New Frontier, Apollo's Moonshot. That's on. And uh, oh, this see, evening, I'd watch that. I, yeah, I would watch that. Would you watch Killer Hornets at nine o'clock? Are they actual hornets that kill? Uh, yeah, they are. Yeah, wow. deep in the forest of yeah. Japan, a territorial war is playing out, featuring killer hornet armies, yellow Rochdale. jacket battalions. Yeah. It's live from Rochdale. Honeybee squadrons, <laughs> all are fighting for the resources of their kingdoms and are on constant alert. So, are you showing up? This is not Channel Five. No, this is. <laughs> yeah, this is it. Uh, it certainly so could what, be. It's, yeah. So, what is good tonight, though, Mike? Yeah, what we should move on to tonight. I just want to say that your first selection, Bradley Walsh. Yeah. Uh, we, Bradley used to come on the show a lot, didn't he? It was in the early days. Of he's the too show. busy these days. I mean, I don't he's blame him. He's too busy. He's got busy, but but we've always been big fans. He's done yeah. brilliantly well, hasn't he? I mean, his career he's, has just gone from strength to strength. He's the ultimate. All, he is the ultimate all rounder. I love Bradley. Walsh. I mean, everything he does, he just does yeah. with that sort of effortlessness. The re, the reason uh, mentioning him, it's Bradley Walsh. Happy 60th birthday tomorrow, in fact. Yeah. So there's this oh, one-off okay. special. Uh, Jason Manford narrates it. And it's just basically packed with old clips of Bradley's career. So you look at the early stuff. And his first appearance was, was with um, on the uh, London Weekend Television's 6 o'clock show, hosted yeah. by Michael Aspel. Uh, had a young a young Danny Baker on it. And, uh, yeah, yeah. and, and um for reasons that are way too complicated to go into, uh, Bradley was tucked up in bed in, in a sort of old-fashioned nightgown telling some anecdote, so that was quite weird. Uh, and then a couple of years later, you see him presenting a show for the first time. I, think, I can't actually remember. Can you remember You Must Be Joking? Does that oh, yeah. Really it yeah. was. Uh, yeah, it was. Um, it was, this was the band. It was a band called Flintlock. Uh, oh, yeah, I remember, uh, Flintlock. remember them? Well, yeah. I think that was where they... And Pauline Quirk was on that. Linda Robson. Oh, was it that? Okay. Ray Burdis. I mean, there was a lot of those kind of young sort of London kids that did telly. So, that's yeah, that was... Uh, that was so, yeah, that was. He, he was on that. And then, obviously, he's done so many yeah. game shows. He did uh, Law & Order UK. 
Uh, it's interesting to f- hear about how he got the, the Law and Order UK gig and mm. also the Chase, well, both of which are sort of very much a case of being in the right place at the right time. But there's loads of chat show stuff as well, and obviously he's done Soccer Aid. So, all in all, a, 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 a celebration of a great guy, I would say. It was uh, maybe maybe yeah. kind of it's karma with it. He's good lad, and it, it, maybe it's karma. But I, mm. I just I was having a wander along the South Bank one day, and I just saw him on there. We end up having a chat for a little while, and yeah. I said this was a, quite early on in the Chase's life, and I said. That's a good gig, isn't it? He said, yeah, it was a complete accident. He just basically popped in. I don't know what he says tonight, but he sort of popped into ITV and saw some people he knew. Yeah. And almost, and they said, oh, this is coming. This might be quite good for you. I mean, it was, it was just the He was situation. literally just pass it, passing the building, I think. He was. It was and he was popped in and they that. said, this, it, this, this, oh, he said, oh, this looks quite good. I quite like this. And, and you know, yeah. and that's how it took off. It's amazing. Yeah. You, yeah. In your uh, column this morning, uh, Mike, you were saying not, um, not only the, all these things you've mentioned, but about his acting skills as well. He is, yeah, he's a great actor. I mean, he did, oh. as I say, he did Law and Order UK. He did. Uh, he was in Coronation Street. He for was ages. very good he in that. He played Danny yeah. Baldwin. Um, and again, he was. He was I was still waiting for him to come back. He, it's all. It was left open. The door was left open, as they say, uh, for him to return. He hasn't done. I think he's got a few other things on his on his plate since then. Um, but yeah, he was really good. And and yeah. he sort of. He, he doesn't just look like a sort of a, a comedian who's trying his hand at acting. You know, he, he's. You know, the talent there is every you know, bit as great as it was. Apart from, I, I think the end, his, his football career was stalled. He broke both mm. his ankles. As was a, it Brentford, a wasn't he? My yeah, Brentford. Brentford. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah. So you never, I don't think he ever made the first team. So, uh, but you know, such is fate, as it were. Without that, we wouldn't have uh, the chase. And yeah, I played in a five-a-side game with him once. Did many, you know? many, many years ago. Yeah, what he was very that? good, if I remember rightly. Yeah, so anyway, uh, Bradley Walsh, uh, happy 60th birthday, 9 o'clock tonight at, uh, on I'd ITV. I'd like to think he's bad at something, though. That would make me feel happier, if I'm honest. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, we'll, have to, we'll work on it. We'll find out what yeah. it was. Um, he hasn't got his own show on Smith's, Smithsonian TV, has he? I think so he's the he can't be that great. hole. Yeah. <laughs> So Cardinals on uh, tonight. What's all that about? Yeah, Cardinal. I'm, I'm not. I've not been that familiar with it, but it's a Canadian thing. It's it's actually the fourth and final series of this job. Oh, blimey! It's, it's got to count. Yeah, you can catch if you if you want to catch up with it. It's all on the iPad, but you, <laughs> yeah, you're going to have to hurry because the fourth series mm. starts at nine o'clock. Although that's going to be on there as well, so you can just take your time. Um, but it's got that kind of a slightly sort of superior sort of cop drama thing. So and you know if you, if people who watch the, you know the, the Scandi dramas, the imports and stuff, you can watch this and feel as if you're watching something with good high production values and good characterization. It's okay. a bit chilly. The only thing I'd say is because of where it's set, a lot of mm. stuff is set in the snow, and it, I don't really like pro, I don't really like watching anything. I, I don't like the Winter Olympics. I don't like you're dancing a, on You're ice. a funny bloke, Mike. We've learned a lot about you over the <laughs> yeah. last couple. You've got, you've got foibles, haven't you? You've got foibles. It just makes me feel... I want to go and put a woolly on, you know, if I'm watching this. You know, it just feels a bit too B-jammy for me. Yeah, uh, yeah. it's taking you back to, taking you back to that spillage in aisle three when you worked at B-jams. They get, uh, they get like tremendous mention weather. every day. Yeah. Yes. Uh, it's great. Maybe they'll come back. Bring back B jams. They will now. Hashtag bring back B jams. Yeah. So, um, I, uh, Ali Ross yesterday was mentioned the McMillions uh, documentary, and I'd not watched it. And he recommended so I, I went and checked it out. And I'm two episodes in. It's on Sky Documentaries, it and is, it yeah. is good. It's, oh, it's you brilliant. Watched it? We watched yeah. that no, last night. Seen, yeah, it's, it's excellent. Good. Very yeah. good. Are you are you you'll be able to go, Mike? Yeah. I haven't no, but I hear it sort of get it starts to get mm. increasingly dark um, in terms yeah, of um, yeah. subject matter and the way the 
where the whole story uh, develops. So, yeah, yeah worth a look at that. Worth having a look at that. Dial yeah, B for so Britain sounds good. The story yeah. of the landline. It sounds like it could be on the Smithsonian, but it's it's on BBC4, so it's in good hands. You know, it? it's my favourite channel, BBC4. Yeah, it's this has been on before a couple of years ago, but it is fascinating because, <laughs> you know, we are we all talk now about the smartphone as being a curse and, you know, what what's it turning us into? Um, but it's interesting to remember that when the telephone, the old-fashioned landline was introduced, you know, from, you know, from 1877 or whatever when... Uh, Alexandra Graham Bell sort of came back with his all these ideas, and Queen Victoria became a fan of the early, you know, the early. People thought it was just like a curse, just as just as people do now with the smartphones. Mm. It's just it's an example of how technology in any age in any era can feel so alien and frightening, and yet we we take it on board and it becomes part of our everyday life. But this is fascinating because it's got mm. loads of old clips, not just of the, the story itself, but you hear from people like the old uh, GPO engineers who used to oh, climb yeah. up telegraph poles, and they had these big fat leather belts, which of course is what's all it was, you know, they tied it around their waist and around the um, um, the pole. So do you remember those place. big phones they used to have that you could like press flowers and they had like a dip- compartment? underneath the f- sort of as part of the phone and you could sort of press things in it, it was press flowers did you say <laughs> yes no all yes. sorts well i think it was for notes and things like that oh. but you could, people people pressed oh, flowers I, do you them. know what i think what a little sliding out drawer <laughs> yes I, I do well. vaguely <clears throat> remember that well. Yeah. Well, the the old yellow the old yellow GPO vans, Andy. Remember them? It used to look like Thunderbird yeah. Four. I remember years ago seeing a, a feature in Shoot Magazine about David James, who went on to be an England goalkeeper, and he was at Watford. He had his own mobile disco, Dave. And I had a chat with him about this once on the show, and he did have one of those. He 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 bought in his early days as a young player one of those old Thunderbird Four <laughs> GPO vans, and really? uh, did his wheels of steel. Yeah, around that. I, wow. mean, I don't know if he I don't know if he still got it. I don't know if he's still running. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, David <laughs> the DJ the DJ is probably. If only we thought of that then. Yeah. So. I should imagine, pro- you know, if you, if you were writing did. the headline for that and you didn't think of that, then you <laughs> should have been out the <laughs> yeah, door. That is very true. Uh, we're, look, we're, we'll uh, we'll catch up with you tomorrow, and uh, we'll, I think hopefully we're going to be looking. They're going to be showing the whole of the Winter Olympics, and so you can on. talk us you can talk <laughs> us through that. I can get my thermals on. What if you you actually got early onset frostbite? That would be great, wouldn't it? Just by watching it, the, the tops of my fingers went black. Just by talking just about watching, it. Just by talking about it. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll speak to you then. Thanks Cheers, very much, guys. Take care. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Just before we go, we will bring you the winner of the Clips of the Month. It was pretty close, 54%, 46%. Georgie uh, peeing in the garden was uh, second, but the winner was Ray Parler. And uh, struggling a little bit uh, around the Mystery Voice competition on breakfast. Ray, you go first. Um, captain, captain of his side mm. in London. Um, did you Did you play... Did you? What was it? What? What was you a footballer? <laughs> Thanks to everybody who voted. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talksport. So there we are. That was uh, this afternoon's show. We hope to be technically <laughs> sensational tomorrow, but uh, it's fingers crossed. Okay. So until then, thanks. Get back in the box. <laughs> Thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on TalkSport. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.